crazy material requests, you know, here for people just going after anything and everything under the stars. So I think for me, it's just been, again, trying to figure out how to kind of separate yourself from everybody else and you know, just try to figure out what's that one thing that maybe you can do that no one else is doing. The Highly Capable Podcast by Galtway Industries is the premier podcast for firsthand accounts of the manufacturing and supply chain spaces told by highly capable, accomplished, and proficient people. Exploring all types of personalities and industries, our goal is to highlight the people who have risen to the top of their space and try to identify what sets them apart. If you have any questions, nominations, or suggestions, please reach out to us on the Highly Capable Podcast page on LinkedIn or at podcast at galtwayindustries.com. The Highly Capable Podcast by Galtway Industries is proudly sponsored by the following companies. Visit galtwayindustries.com for more information. Lucchini Mame Forge, the largest steel mill and most competent forging company in Italy, producing turnkey open die steel forgings from three to 35 tons, and some of the largest steel castings in the world, up to 300 tons. POK Foundry, a Nucor company based in Guadalajara, Mexico, a turnkey precision sand and investment casting producer with over 125 years in the industry, producing steel castings from 1 to 12,000 pounds. S&S Industries, a Houston-based coating and plating solutions company that delivers best-in-class quality and service to increase the durability of oil field, power generation, power transmission, and automotive equipment. Express Bolt and Gasket, the premier provider of fastener solutions in Texas. Express has over 90,000 square feet of warehouse space for imports, as well as in-house manufacturing of fasteners, gaskets, studs, and bolts. Certified to API Q1 and 20E with unmatched quality and customer service. Oklahoma Forge. Forged steel rings rolled the right way, fast, on time, and with the utmost integrity. Oklahoma Forge also produces open die forgings quoted the same day with an average delivery time of less than two weeks and over 97% on time. Riganti Forge. One of Europe's leading closed die forging companies with turnkey capabilities since 1891. Any grade of steel from 33 to 3300 pounds produced for industries such as oil and gas, transportation, mining, power generation, and many others. Marmon Inc., one of North America's largest and most capable manufacturing partners with unmatched machining, fabrication, assembly, and project management capabilities for the oil and gas, mining, power gen, infrastructure, maritime, and wind industries. Marmon delivers more than parts. We deliver manufacturing solutions. Visit GaltwayIndustries.com for more information. Welcome to another episode of the Highly Capable Podcast. We've, we've got a, a couple special treats for you today. We again have Jonathan in the booth, but I managed to keep Josh Lowry out of the room for a little bit, but he managed to bust down the door. So my, my co-host extraordinaire is here, Josh Lowry. Hello, Frank. How are you? You know I was going to get in this room eventually. I know, but at some uh, point. like everything, the, the locks fail over time. So, <laughs> But I'm glad you're here. I'm looking forward to this interview. This has kind of really been a long time in the making. And uh, there was a bit of a war of attrition to get to this point with uh, our guest here as well. So I want to introduce Robert Husband, who's the newest member of the Galway Industries team. Hello, gentlemen. Good to be here. Great Robert. to have you. How are you, sir? Doing well. Doing well. Like frankly mentioned, it was, uh, it was a bit of uh, a task, so to speak, getting me over here. I guess it's been a year or so in the making. but um, 18 months, if you're counting, actually. Yeah. But, Which uh, we are. You know, I gave a little pushback for reasons I still can't figure out, but uh, the universe just... 
wanted me here. So we thought you had like a parole issue that was keeping you from leaving a certain radius that like you just couldn't take this job for some reason. Yeah, You know, it, it certainly probably seemed like that. It, <laughs> like I was hiding something like I just I, I've got to wait just a few more months. So this falls off <laughs> and, you know, and yeah. we're used to rejection, right? We're, we're in sales and business development. That's that's what we do for a living. And we were trying to do the calculus on, OK, something is missing. Like Josh right. said, is there a, is there a, a DUI case out there we're not aware of? You know, are you afraid of flying? What what's the the actual problem here? But uh, I'm glad we could slay whatever demon that was. Right. Yeah. No, I am too. And the audience doesn't know, but I've known Josh and Franklin for I guess going on a decade here now. So, uh, you know, long story short, Franklin kind of had, I guess, brought me into the industry from the beginning. And so he had, uh, I guess, been a major influence in each one of my steps along in terms of my career path. And so when he was suggesting or basically at the point telling me, yelling at me, you need to come over here and do this. It was like, I got to the point where I had to be listening to him. It would be the first time I hadn't listened to what he said to do. So well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're, this is, you are the interviewee today. So you can't take control of this interview yet. You have to, <laughs> we, we will take you to that portion of this sorry, interview sorry, sorry. in time. Good. First of all, we have to, on, on part, on the part about the parole, we have to say that we are actually in the Fletcher Azul tequila podcast studio. We are, this is a contractual obligation. That's right. That the highly capable podcast is taking place in the Fletcher Azul. The one and only. The one and only. And you're going to have to get uh, one of Aaron Marquez or one of his guys to come on this podcast at some point and, and just and talk. And bring a case. We, yes. I, I will, other... you know, I, I'm not contractually obligated, but I will note that the Oilfield 360 guys tend to knock that inventory down faster than we can. So. So we'll get a re-up on that. It is, it is nuts. And, you know, and one other thing before we jump into Robert. Frank, I listened to your first episode today, the one with Alan Bell. I've, I apologize. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's, it's, mean, it's up. Yeah, it's been up for a little bit. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. It Thank was you. really, I was, I mean, Alan's got a pretty steady voice. I was pretty impressed with him. I think they're all going to be good. And, and one of the reasons that Robert's here is, is I think that people like Alan and our, our next guest, Tony Matson, and, and we've got a few others in, in the can, so to speak. You know, people want to hear about what differentiates highly capable people and high achievers with, you know, everybody else. And what can people do to elevate their game, so to speak. So, to me, that's interesting. And I think other people will, will share those. Sure. Well, see, so now, on that note, Mr. Husband, this is where now we're getting pumped up for you. So, we did chase you for 18 months. Right. And it, it truly is a pleasure to go after you. And you know, Galtway Industries is, you know, we're, we're part of this podcast, but we're, we're only part of it. There's other sponsors that we have, and you are now part of our team, right? And the reason that we wanted you, we've known you for many years, but you are, you're unique. And part of, Frank, if you've gone back, and I, which I did, I went and listened to you, there's a short explanation of, you know, where the term highly capable came from. And it ultimately comes back to you. Frank and your uniqueness as a salesperson is as just a, a guy who can get things done for the client and Robert, that's who you are as well. Right. And, you know, I wanted to kind of touch on that through your story of, of who you are as a mm -hmm. sales guy, but just who you are, what makes you tick. And one of the things that reminded me of when we were kind of doing some off air prep for this is it like that selling forgings and castings and rolled rings. That's not where you started. No. So if you, can you go, can you take us back? Sure. Like how did you actually get into this? Sure. No, absolutely. So I, uh, I graduated from LSU in 2008, Tough which loss last week, 
Yeah, tough loss. Really, really bad loss. We won't speak. <laughs> Great of it. season last year, though. Let's be honest. In our defense, we don't really have much of a team left. I mean, I, you guys had fun. You've had. I mean, your... I, it was good to see football back on TV, right. and we were allowing fans in the crowd, unlike some other yeah. colleges. So I was happy to see just the presence of football back. But let's face it, we lost Joe Buck and pretty much the rest of our entire starting lineup. So I'm not going to make excuses, but LSU's. I don't think they're going to be much of a team this year. So. Anyways, um, but I graduated in 2008 with a degree in marketing. And if you guys recall, 2008 wasn't exactly was the a great best. year, like 2020. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, a lot of good memories, financial crisis. I mean, yeah. it was a tough time to be entering the job market. I mean, here I was thinking I was this, you know, hot shot with, you know, a college diploma and you've got people that have been in the industry or just in the workforce for 15, 20 years getting laid off. So it was a pretty discouraging time to be entering the workforce, but I got married at a really young age and my, my wife was already working. So it just, you know, from a, you know, a pride standpoint, I just couldn't just sit around and just accept not having a job. So I literally went out there and just applied to do anything. And the first job that I actually ended up landing was an outside sales position for a office equipment company. They sold copiers, printers, IT solutions, things of that nature, and uh, didn't know anything about it. Didn't really know anything about cold calling or, or sales or prospecting. I was just literally hitting the ground running. And um, basically, Houston was, was, my, was my territory. I mean, there was no specific territories or areas where I was limited to. It was just go get it. Go get it. Hey, yeah. go sell. And I remember I would just, I would start my mornings and I would just pick some 20, 30 story high rise building in Houston. And I would just say, okay, I'm just going to hit every single office in that building. And I would usually make it to like the second or third floor before security would kick me out. So, I mean, this was obviously post nine 11. So you didn't exactly make it to the top of these buildings anymore. So I got really good at, at discreetly getting into the lobby and taking pictures of the reader boards. And then I would just go back to my office and I would just go through the entire reader board list and just prospect over the phone. And, um, which I, you know, again, I, I have to respect that industry because that's not an easy thing no. to do. Everybody has a contract or is, has one coming up and, you know, it's kind of like what we do. You, you, some of these commodities, especially things like copier and equipment things, you have to really, it, a lot of it's timing, but a lot of it's also, these people want to get off the phone with you as fast as possible. Absolutely. I right? mean, it's literally the last thing they want to talk yeah, about. Right. I mean, I get those calls and I, I'm sympathetic to salespeople now. I talk to them when they come to my door and everything, but at the back of my mind, like, this isn't it. I mean, that's what it is. It's door to door sales. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, the, the pest control guys or the lawn guys that are beating on your door at five o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, that's what it was. And, you know, in addition to that, like in other industries, there's, there's ways to uh, differentiate certain prospects, you know, from one another. A copier, or printer, basically everybody is, is a prospect. I mean, you can call on churches, you can call on accounting firms, you can call on law firms. So, I mean, it's, it's really, you know, anyone and everyone could be a prospect. So I, I, I learned how to get a lot of doors slammed in my face really early on and just kind of built up that kind of resilience in, in trying to figure out how was I going to work harder than my competition, how I was going to work more efficiently. Rise above the Rise chaff. above it. I mean, there was a yeah. lot of adversity in that, and it was highly competitive, you know, 50, 75 different copier companies in Houston. I mean, you, you take your pick. And I mean, a lot of those, like you said, Franklin, 
They've had contractual obligations with people for years. They've have established relationships. So it was tough. But what I would say is, is that, you know, I did that for about four and a half years before I just, um, I had a long history of, of family members in the oil and gas industry, energy sector. My dad was in the energy business. My uncle was, uh, you know, he'd worked for Schlumberger growing up internationally, et cetera. And so I, I figured, you know, I'm in Houston, Texas. If you're not in medical, then you need to be in oil and gas, right? So I had the sales experience, but I had no oil and gas or any kind of other industry experience besides just the copier industry. So I literally just applied, sent out resumes to every single outlet that I could think of. And believe it or not, the, the only one that really got any traction was a Craigslist ad. It was a Craigslist ad that Franklin had posted for this company called Forge USA. And they They're were casting looking, a wide net. Yeah. That is nuts, really. I didn't, yes. know, I didn't know that. Great thing to come from Craigslist. It, it, <laughs> I need someone to kill somebody and a job. Yeah. No, it, it was a Craigslist app. It's a I was, misconnection. You know, it was... <laughs> Well, well, it was so funny because I saw I had, you calling on people at a Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's funny because I had used all these, you know, highly reputable, you know, recruiting companies, you know, Indeed, Monsters.com, you know, whatever. And Craigslist, out of all things, is, is the one that, that answers me. So I didn't know what it was for. What a Franklin thing to have happened, by the way. dig deep, right? Yeah, that is <laughs> so, that's even better than I would have expected. I actually forgot that detail, yeah. Yeah. That's a good... So I, I didn't know what it was for. It was for an inside sales position, and, you know, I, I gave Franklin my resume, and it, I guess it warranted... It, there was enough there to warrant coming in for an interview, and, uh, you know, immediately things seemed like they were... Uh, you know, it was definitely a different going to be a different kind of selling than I was used to. You know, we're going to be inside the desk. It was going to be a highly technical position. It was for open die forgings. So I think four or five interviews later, I ended up getting the position. And I'll never forget the first day I sat in on a metallurgical call with one of our metallurgists at the time in Franklin. And it was on speakerphone as a conference call. And they were going over some kind of, I don't know, there's a crack and heat treat or something. I don't remember. And I was just listening to him and, and the metallurgist just go back and forth over this. And I think to myself, I don't know what the hell these guys are talking about. I, I didn't, I was like, there's no way I'm going to learn this. I'm going to crash and burn. This is going to be, I made a mistake. What a mistake. Yeah. I made a mistake. Um, but, uh, you know, I, for whatever reason, I just kind of uh, just latched on to forging like really quickly, you know, just the, the manufacturing side and just being a part of the process from start to finish. Well, I could not to really toot your horn, even though we are having you as a, a guest on the highly capable podcast, but I, I think, you know, I've hired a, a quite a few, not a bunch, but a decent amount of people over the years. You can't always tell quickly whether or not it's going to work out, but you can usually see, Oh, there's a diamond in there somewhere. If we just keep chipping away at the rock, we'll get to it. And one of the reasons that we're, you're on this podcast, obviously you're part of Godwell Industries, you know, we're going to have everybody on, but you would take a task and either accomplish it or try to break through whatever wall you hit. Or if you really couldn't do it, I know that when you were coming to me, it was, I actually need help and I'm not, it's not because I'm giving up on this thing. Right. So I could kind of point you in a direction. So and I know you'd, you'd, you'd we, get to the We end were right. working with you guys at that time. Right. Yeah. And I actually thought the opposite. 
I, I it was all rough. I didn't that. think you were going to make it because because uh, you're 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 very clean. You're very put together. You're very polished. And I thought this industry is just too hard, too dirty. I was like, it, it, it won't you won't take. But then I remember how quickly you were learning things. And I thought to myself, that's not an easy concept to get. Those aren't. It's not easy to get metallurgy. It's not easy to get the tolerances and the heat treat and the yeah. the what the grain structure of this. And so, right. I actually, I'm, you know, just being totally candid, I didn't think you were going to make sure. it. But that what got me was how fast you were grabbing concepts. So it's funny to hear you say, for some reason, it just took because that's the part I remember is how quickly you grabbed it. Right. Well, and you know, maybe I was a little general about uh, just took because it, it really didn't just take. I mean, it was obviously six months to a year before yeah, I would pick the, up a phone. These are hard concepts. Yeah. Difficult. But, you know, I, I've I've never really shied away from, you know, asking questions, um, even if it seemed like it was a stupid question. I've always, you know, tried to ask as much as I can. I'm, I'm sure I bothered Franklin a whole lot more than he would have liked for me to. Um, but again, I knew that these were genuine right. areas that like rivers you couldn't cross by yourself. Sure, so. yeah. And I, I, we had kind of flamed through a few people in mm -hmm. that position already, trying to find somebody that it would take because you would start to see about three months in, and three months for a company to invest in somebody is, that's substantial, sure. right? Especially when we know you're not going to actually, you know, pay dividends for another year, right? You could see about three months in, their eyes would start to glaze over, they would start to get bored, they would start to track off, and and you kept your nose to the grindstone. So that right. was. Uh, that was a, that, that's why you're here. Yeah. No. And you know, I, uh, eventually just, you know, like I said, you know, you're so into it, you pick up the phone, you actually kind of know the answer to something. You're like, wow, I'm, I'm really starting to, I'm learning. I'm starting to get this, yeah. Yeah. you know, I'm starting to get this, but, um, you know, for me, you know, it's always been about continual education for me. You know, whenever I felt like I had learned enough in, in one area, I was like, okay, well, what's the next thing? You know, I, I felt like I was an expert maybe on a certain kind of product line. It was, you know, let's maybe learn about the the next kind. So I guess maybe a year or so in, you know, I was tasked with kind of being the 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 point guy on, you know, the frack pops, you know, the frack blocks with, you know, working with Trey and Galtway at the time. And um, boy, did I get a crash course in that. I mean, here you had Trey who, you know, knew anything and everything mm -hmm. about him. Guru. And I mean, you literally, I mean, he expected you to just kind of like, just feel what he was feeling, you know, because it was... Um, it was one of those things where you just, he expected a, a really high level of, of response to everything. So I just became, you know, it really teaches you to just, cause there's so many different frat customers, right. And everything's overlapping and all the products are, they look the same, but they're, you know, but there's something that's a little bit off. So it definitely, you know, challenges you to, to be organized and, and to be, you know, just be able to mentally separate everything so that you know, you're not confusing things, but man, I, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, the forging side of everything. And unfortunately, you know, the, you know, 14, 15, 16 happened and, uh, which well, was June of 16. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to put an exact date. Sure. For everyone that's familiar with, you know, the oil business. Right. I mean, that was, that was a bad time. Yeah. So, um, that obviously led me to, uh, to but move that propelled you. you know, it you did. Had, it propelled me. Yeah. It, I mean, it's talking about continual education. I mean, I, I don't want to say I knew everything about open die forgings, but it opened up uh, an opportunity to go on to the uh, machining side of things. Right. So um, there's a couple of links down the chain from where you were. Right. Right. But same, same, similar thing. You know, rubbing shoulders with the same customers. Um, but different processes. Different processes. Timelines. Uh, sure. Like yeah. And um, that uh, that led me to be able to get back onto the material side of the industry, which I felt like 
was kind of my comfort zone because that's that's where I started. It wasn't exactly the manufacturing side. I, I went from Elwood to the steel distribution side, working for a service center. You know, that was great just because it was so fast paced. Mm -hmm. And it really, it really makes you figure out a way to differentiate yourself from everybody else. Yeah, because you're not actually making anything. You're not doing anything, really. Point. Right. You're not really doing anything. Yeah. You know, you're simply... You're taking, yeah, you're taking something off of a shelf and giving it to somebody else. Right. So you've got to create some kind of value add as to why should I take this off your shelf and not that guy's shelf. And one of the things too that I think that going from the the capital intense long lead items like forgings and castings and even finisher sheeting and welding, where these are big projects, um, these are engineered to order, and and you collapse all of that into a day by day time frame. Right. So basically you, you could have a project from, you know, I don't care if it's forgings or machine or whatever, that your lead times are in weeks or months maybe. Right. Um, and the projects and the consequences are that kind of scale sure. large. Right. And then you, again, you collapse it down to, we could have a problem, a solution and a resolution in six hours. Right. Right. And, right. and same nature of that. So sure. it really causes you to be more flexible and, and get on your toes a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. No, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, totally different worlds, you know, going from, you know, manufacturing to, you know, to just simply distribution. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we have good people over there too. That was, uh, great people. that was a, a great boat to get into. It was. Shout out to Rick Millington. Yeah. Shout out to Rick. Rick. Everybody loves Rick. If you, down, yeah. if you don't download this, I'm going to be mad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rick is solid. If you don't text me for, right. for listening to this, <laughs> I'm going right. to know. I'm gonna but, know. What do they call it? Put an egg? <laughs> bury an egg in this That's podcast right. just specifically for Rick Millington. Right. Yeah. I'll know. I'll know. But, um, exactly. <laughs> but you know, but like the copier business, I mean, you know, everybody's doing it. Everyone's doing the same thing. I mean, all copiers print and copy, you know, all bar is, you know, round. But and, you did transform that business a little bit, at least towards the end. I, you, you started, you know, this is obviously Houston. So you have a lot of the same markets as everybody else. Right. You were going to Austin, San Antonio, mm -hmm. and and kind of blowing up the diversified side sure. of things over there. Well, what I realized early on was that you know not a lot of people were were boots on the ground in some of these cities, and so again, trying to work smarter, not harder. It's like you know everyone's fighting over Houston, everyone's fighting over the oil and gas business of the world. Everyone wants to sell forty one thirty. It's like, well, hell, why don't I go you know just two hours away and try to sell a bunch of aluminum to you know maybe aircraft or defense industries? Nobody's calling on that. And I found out really early on that there was very limited presence out there besides me. I mean, you had, I think, a little bit of EMJ that was out there. But aside from them, I mean, it's not like, you know, you had four or five different, you know, steel centers lined up at the door signing in on the reader board. I mean. Because things were pretty good in Houston. I mean, things were not that long ago. So. No, I mean, they weren't, you know, I mean, everything can always be better. But I mean, no, 17 and 18 weren't horrible years you know, for all intents and purposes. Because I remember when I was over in the distribution world and I, I had a, a similar idea. I was like, well, why, why am I fighting over the same thing right. as everybody else here? And so I went over to Austin. I'll never forget this. I walked in and it was kind of a cold call, kind of warm, but like, you know, we had, I think we did business with that shop four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And I walk in and I go, Hey, I'm, I'm Franklin with whatever. And he goes, oil must be down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, well, Yes, sir. He's yeah. Like, yeah. All you Houston guys kind of show up at the wrong time. So I knew that, all right, I'm, at least I'm in front of the pack. Right. But, but you definitely did something by getting away from the pack. Sure. 
Well, and you know, and you don't want to, you know, bite the hand that feeds you, right? So, I mean, there obviously you have to keep a pulse on, you know, the oil business. I mean, because that's at the end of the day, you know, it was eighty percent of what we were doing. Right. But I mean, you know, diversification has never hurt anybody. So, I was just, you know, at that point, just trying to do a little bit extra outside of the box, as a, as opposed to, you know, maybe just hitting, you know, the same guy over the and over again. Run. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I had a little bit of success in Austin and, and San Antonio. I wouldn't say it was outstanding just because, quite frankly, getting things up and going from a, you know, NDA standpoint or qualifying your material. I mean, you know, you, you sell to oil and gas companies for a reason because that's basically what you're in, your inventory. It's your qualification Yeah, stack. exactly. Yeah. So there were, there were some challenges, but, you know, we had a little bit of overlap into what we could sell them, but... Um, you know, that's just kind of been my... You sold stuff to NASA? Yep, SpaceX. I mean, that's... Yeah. Those are big names. Those are big those names. Are big skins on the wall. So yeah. Even if it's a little order. You know what I've, what, I've, what I've realized here, you know, in the midst of this apocalypse is, you know, a lot of people <laughs> were talking about, you know, diversify, diversify, diversify. What I had found was that my customers were doing the diversifying on their own. And so they were the ones that were kind of going out there and figuring out hey, can I machine this? Or, hey, can I do this? And they would basically just come to me and say, hey, look, you know, we got this job. Here's all this material that I have no idea what it is. Go find it for me. Yeah. So, Be I a mean, partner instead of a yeah. Supplier. And look, these guys were, again, this is why this business is all about relationships because nine times out of 10, I did business with guys who could easily do the exact same thing I did and pick up and source the material. But they didn't want to do it because they trusted me to source it for them. So just kind of take the headache out of it. So I would do that and I would, you know, we'd get some crazy material requests, you know, here for people just going after anything and everything under the stars. So I think for me, it's just been, again, trying to figure out how to kind of separate yourself from everybody else and, you know, just try to figure out what's that one thing that maybe you can do that no one else is doing. What do you like about service center versus mill versus manufacturing? Well, what I liked about service center was you know, customer service is not what I think it should be these days. I think that the quoting period takes too long. I think that salespeople are lazy. They're inaccessible too often. A lot of people think that, you know, when it's five o'clock, it, it turns off. And, you know, I'll, I'll do a quote or I'll answer my phone Saturday morning, you know, in the grocery store. So I think for me... Now, listen, and I'm not trying to hold you to that. And you're, already, you're already on board. But in... I mean, we rarely have those type of requests, but is that really something that is part of your customer service? Because I think a lot of people want to talk like that, but this is going to go global and you need to be careful if that's really the kind of customer service that you offer. Oh yeah. People jump on that stuff. No, I stand behind <laughs> it. No, I really, I mean, sales is 24 seven. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I don't care if I'm out to dinner or if I'm, you know, at a, at a baseball game. I mean, it's when you need it, when you need it. Yeah. I mean, at least be able to get in touch with them. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying... I'm going to give you everything you need right there in that moment, but I promise you I'm not going to not answer my right. phone. So that's, that's what I, I mean. And again, service centers are different because they're so closely the same. I mean, it's not like, you know, representing world-class manufacturers. I mean, it's like, Oh, are your shelves better than my shelves? I mean, right, right. you know what it I mean? Really is. So how I, quickly can your saw cut versus my saw? It, right. Exactly. Oh, well, my blades are a little bit sharper. So, I mean, so again, Customer service is just one of those intangible things that you, you have to have in order to make up for the lack of, you know, not having things on the capability side. Um, 
but when you're when you work for you know world class manufacturer, I mean, there's a lot that just goes into the fact that they're a world class manufacturer. I mean, that's kind of speaks for itself. So, I mean, I think if you combine that with maybe a little bit of customer service, maybe not as extreme as the kind of customer service you need for a service center, I think you know those those kind of balance each other out. Yeah, because when you when you come to this side, uh, as like we talked about, when when everything condensed with the service center, everything explodes back up again. Um, it becomes more of a, of a project management. Can you handle this this large request and, right. and get it done right? Right. As opposed to how fast can you get this done the next hour? Sure. Right. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. I mean, I've always <laughs> I've always embraced the the project management side of things. I mean, that's essentially what an inside sales guy is. You yeah. know, when you're on the manufacturing side of everything. I mean, the order or the process doesn't stop after you sell it. I mean, you literally are the one that's the life of the, yeah, you're following it through production. I mean, somebody calls you and says, Hey, where is this? You know, in the process, I mean, it's your job to find out what's it's in heat treat or it's in machining. So, um, and like I've, I've said before on, on things that we do that you do now at Galway industries, most of the things that we are manufacturing for people is the longest lead time item right. in the entire project. Right. Most expensive. And you're the backbone of whatever they're trying to build. And if that gets broken, right. the recovery is, is right. substantial. So. I've had my heart broken. I mean, you get a UT reject as it's getting put on a truck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, there goes 12 weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's. So this is kind of a softball, but I think everybody has a, a best performing moment in customer service. And if there was music in the background. Right. You know, <laughs> Uh, what, what is a time where you just feel like you, you went above or above and beyond or your team went above and beyond, you know, I call something like that. Yeah. I, I was really proud of the work we did at Ford USA for all of the frat guys back when it was blowing and going. I mean, we had, cause we were the littlest guy on the field. We were. And I mean, we were literally taking business away from the giants in the industry. And here we were with this 150 year old press just killing it. You know, and uh, just the level of of service that we were able to provide them at the time between Galtway, or USA. Um, I mean, I was I was really proud to be a part of that team, and you know, and I still miss that group. It's a of, shame that was a great little team. It, it was a great. It was a, yeah. it was a nice boutique little Ford shop. You know, it it had its place in the world, and you know, in different times, maybe things would have worked out differently. But at one point, things were really clicking there. You know, yeah. and I was I was really proud to be a part of just, you know, seeing things go out smoothly, especially once we started hitting our stride with figuring out how to forge those blocks correctly and, you know, not getting deviation requests. So one of the I do I do have one memory that stuck out was he was fresh from the copy world, still smelled like paper, you know, yeah. maybe Xerox a Inc. few weeks in, didn't know anything, didn't even know who the customers were. And it was one of these days where I had a few other guys out of the office. Somebody else couldn't leave. Um, my boss at the time was at a doctor's appointment. So, you know, we were just, we had no hands. And a, a big customer, a big OEM showed up out of the blue, which is always great. Um, wanted to, hey, you know, it was a kind of a critical timeline. Where's my part? Actually, I've never been to your shop. Can I get a little quick tour? And I'm, I'm out of, I can't go. You know, I've got to sit here and babysit something. I got a conference call or whatever. Right. I've got nobody I can send. And I don't want to hook him up with just a random person in the shop. So I was like, Robert, this is borderline <laughs> inappropriate for me to ask you to execute. But I'm, you know, yeah. can you go over there? This guy's name's whatever, right. David or something. Yeah. And, you know, he's important. 
take care of him. If you don't have an answer, go get it. Right. You know, that kind of thing. And I sent him on his merry way. I was like, please, yeah, know, please don't let this blow up in my face. That, he's not joking. If it does, this is going to be catastrophic. Yeah. Right? You're not joking. That was, that was like the first week. Like I was yeah, still, it was like I was COO. I, like, of, he sent know, me Cameron. to one of the areas of the shop that I hadn't even been to. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, Oh, this place exists too. It, it, yeah. it looks hot. It probably is. Yeah. yeah don't, don't, touch don't touch. So uh, yeah, just, just go please execute this. And I know again, I'm asking a lot. Right. Know, but yeah, it, that was smooth, uh, highly capable, highly capable. People. Yeah. Love it. Well, yeah. That's uh, I mean, look, you got to rise to the occasion. I mean, yeah. if you know, fake it till you make it. I mean, right. I, uh, you know, certainly have learned my lesson to try and talk to engineers. You know, I mean, engineers are engineers. Salespeople are salespeople. So I, I make sure to keep a metallurgist on speed dial now. So yeah, you learn a lot of things not to do really quick, you know, over, you know, in this business. Cause there's just, like I said, it can be so technical at times, but, um, what are you looking forward to on this next chapter here? Because this is a big move. I mean, we it's a huge move. It, yeah, we're global, yeah. as you know. We we sell all over the world. Right. We work with customers all over North America. I mean, all of that. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm I'm looking forward to the challenge. I'm looking forward to um again, continual education. There's there's a lot of things that I don't know that I'm excited to learn, excited to get back on the manufacturing side of everything. Um, excited to, you know, be a part of a you know, just a world-class team. Um, things were pretty stagnant in, in in my previous role. I think I I did all I could do over there. You know, it was obviously not something I saw myself retiring doing. So, um, you know, again, I just, I'm super young, you know, I'm only 34 years old. So there's a lot of time left to, a lot of energy left to get a lot of different things done. So, um I'm excited about it. Yeah. Now we're excited. To have, are you, you know, you're going to be co-hosting this program as well. I'm excited about that too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about that too. Hopefully my first run in with it wasn't too awkward. It's oh, great. You just got to, you got to bring on 500 listeners, but huh? a week <laughs> added to the list a week. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's look, you're going to be great. And uh, I don't mean, I'm not even trying to wrap it up. I'm just, I'm excited. You're here. It, it is. It's absolutely amazing. What's happened through 2020. Uh, you know, Frank and, and Mike Massengale, Mike Mitchell and you and some of the other guys we've got and, and our other sister companies as well have, it's been a weird year, you know, Crazy year. It, you could have, you could, a lot of people, including me and I, and I haven't been the best mentally all year either. Right. I mean, I've struggled with just trying to stay positive because it's been a beating this year. And, you know, to come out of this year, we were talking about this at lunch to come out of this year with Robert on the team is I mean, Frank, it's nothing short of, of, I believe kind of, if that was all we did this year, it would be a victory for the year. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's almost like a turning point. And this is where, you know, back in March or April or June, I don't know if I could say this, but I know that in the future, however many years, but we're going to look back and go, man, that was a, that was a pretty cool year. Yeah, you it know? really was. Like that was tough, but you know, we, we ended up making hay out of it. And really, so. wasn't it just like September? I don't even know. What are we? I think we're ending September now, but <laughs> was it, what, did it all happen like within four weeks of each other? Within like two or three weeks. Yeah. That, that, that tone, you could see a <laughs> shift. So, uh, no, it's, it's good. So Robert, uh, what is your new role going to be? What are you going to be doing primarily with us? So I, I've been tasked with, uh, guess the, the, um, North American point for the pressure pumping and, you know, frack division. Okay. Um, so I'm going to be taking over and handling all the frack customers, uh, kind of going to be the the point man on all of that, as well as uh, working closely with uh, Oklahoma Forge 
out of Oklahoma on the uh, the rolled ring side of everything. Yeah, initially, and then the, the castings POK. Castings too. Yeah. and POK eventually. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of move you. So Frank's done a great job. I'm now I get to pump Frank up for just a minute, but you know we three years ago pump his volume, Jonathan. <laughs> you know, three years ago we decided to look to diversify mm-hmm. because we were you know we we'd been killed on those up and downs with sure. oil and gas, and we've actually had more success than I was hoping for outside of oil and gas to the tune that we're actually going to rebrand a little bit sure. um, to, to be more inclusive of our non oil and gas customers. So, you know, I think that the, I think what you're going to enjoy is watching. That's why I kind of led with that question about your fat, your manufacturing, your mm-hmm. mill and your uh, service center experience, because all of that matters in oil and gas, but it really matters outside of oil and gas. Right. The, the the industrial companies like to see a complete salesperson. They'd like to see a highly capable person. Sure. And I don't mean to use that in a cliche sense, but they're, they're very intelligent. And please, I don't mean to say that the oil and gas buyer isn't, but they're just, they're, these are much more established supply chains out there. So right. um, it's hard. It's really hard. And I mean, Frank's done a, just a bang up job and Mike Mitchell up in Canada for us. So I, it's, I'm, I'm very excited about 21. I, I would have said 20, but I feel like the apocalypse is still just, <laughs> just thumbing us down. Nobody's right throwing a parade this year, yeah. but no, you know, yeah. we've got things to look forward to for sure. Right. Yeah, it's not over yet. Well, welcome to the team, Robert. Thanks yeah. for coming on the podcast. Thanks for uh, agreeing without us asking to be a co-host down the road. And uh, Josh, uh, thanks, for, thanks for co-hosting. Is that the first time I've, you've heard that out loud? Which, that, which part? About the co-host part? No, no, no. I mean, I don't know if he. Oh yeah, no, no. I don't I, think that was on the offer letter. It was just. Oh kind no, of it assumed. it was definitely. Okay. This was this was part of it. So okay. I must have snuck that by. I got in trouble earlier today for with one of the other guys telling me he's like, "Well, Josh, I haven't heard about that." And I said, "Man, I go, I got a lot of people that are probably a little bit upset with me <laughs> on things, pieces of information I'm not delivering at the moment." So, to be honest, these are kind of open shares. Like, I need all the help I can get. So bring it on. If anybody out there feels like they want to co-host. <laughs> You know, one, one of the things in your intro, it says if you have any suggestions or intros yeah. or ideas, I think it's a great Have you? How many emails have you been receiving because of that? Have people been trying to get on the, the we, program? Yeah, we've, we've got a good backlog uh, coming in. I, we we want to try to stay in our lane as far as, you know, let's talk about anything in the manufacturing and supply chain space. This, is, this isn't really just a come push your product place, but we know there's a lot of interesting stories out there. We've, we've had a few um, hits on the... Uh, on an email for guests want to come on and we've actually got one here coming up pretty soon nice yeah. nice robert i'm very I, I just from a standpoint of teammate and uh Galt industries guy it, it's we don't take it lightly when somebody sure. moves their family moves their career puts their trust in, in our team and uh we don't take it lightly so we appreciate you coming on board and frank uh just you're you've been fantastic and 20 and I hope I get invited back to co-host. <laughs> we'll have to repair the locks. But I, yeah. I love doing this. I really am excited for you guys. And uh, good luck to you, good luck to you all. Thank you. Yeah, thanks thanks for having me, guys. Good luck Pumped. to you, buddy. If you have any questions, nominations, or suggestions, please reach out to us on the Highly Capable Podcast on LinkedIn or at podcast at galtwayindustries.com. Thank you for listening.